Smartcast. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Hey guys, you ready to let the dogs out? Hey, ready? Ready? Set? Set. One, two, three, go! You know my name, but who are you? Wesley. Here is what the truth is. We are changing the course of history as we see it. That is what Wesley demands. <laughs> it's funny because he's fat. It's already been created in the human form. Shoot it! Don't presume to tell me what I will and will not do. You don't know me. Oh, what's your real name? Iris. Oh, Iris. Well, what's wrong with that? A proud daughter of these hills. What are we going to do? They insist on outside opinions. What kind of opinions? Well, your kind not to put too fine a point on it. I mean, let's face it, in your particular field, you're the top minds. Whatever, whatever. So the moral is, don't <laughs> do drugs. That's it. And don't That's do it. drugs. Yay! What, what? Welcome to Or Whatever Movies. I'm your co-host, Iris, and I'm here with my older brother. Wesley. And today we are discussing our second Frozen. episode from Frozen. Coronavirus Studios, Frozen, Frozen, Frozen 2. 2. Let me tell you, before we decided to do Frozen 2 on Or Whatever Movies, I had seen it probably a hundred times. Wow. This is unlike any movie experience I've ever had. I think that's a parent's approach to movies, right? It is certainly to kids' movies. Typically, I put it on. I'm doing something in the kitchen. I, like, catch the beginning, and then I go put Aurelia to sleep, or I'm wrapping up dinner, and then I come back, and I join her for the end. Like, I've seen the end. I've definitely seen the ending a couple dozen times. And now it all makes sense. Okay, good. So, <laughs> so you did watch it top to bottom uh, for the purposes of this review because I watched it top to bottom and I was prepared to be the anchor, but I think you're the expert on Frozen 2. For the first time recently. Okay, so Frozen 2 needs to be addressed in context with Frozen, right? Which I saw a thousand years ago. So interesting that Frozen 2 comes something like six years after the original Frozen. Right When it was released, I didn't see it as a huge deal. But then again, I was well off of the Disney musicals at the time, firmly sort of ensconced in the whole idea that Pixar animation was the way to go, where we had, they eschewed the sort of musical numbers and kept it more serious, if that's a possible word for animated movies. Dude, Inside Out is very mature. 
And so in the wake of the Pixar movies that were more serious, Disney sort of avoided the musical numbers for a while, came back with Tangled, and then with Frozen, it blew up. And the original Frozen is directly responsible for Disney, again, embracing musical numbers in their animated films in a huge way. And it always strikes me how musical, how classically Frozen 1 is a is a classical musical structure. Yeah. And additionally, you can do things in musicals once we allow musicals back in the door. We you can do things that you can't do with other movies. Olaf's narrative in recapping Frozen was essential because the movies were so long in between. They didn't think there was going to be a Frozen 2. And when they found out, "Oh, maybe Frozen 2 is one of the first of our movies that we're going to release theatrical uh theatrically as a sequel, we better get started on that." Uh hand-drawn animation and animation in general takes like five years and they waited until they had the script just right to bring everyone back on board to justify a frozen two that wasn't going to go straight to video in doing so their audience had aged quite a bit and some people who hadn't seen frozen in a good minute like me really appreciated olaf's recap which you couldn't have done in any other kind of movie than a movie like frozen where they can lapse into song in the middle of peril Right. Everyone's dead and Olaf is dead and and Anna is or Elsa is frozen and Anna starts singing in the cave. Yeah, that was a sweet song. Yeah. So Elsa's weird effect of recreating events through her snow sculptures in a physical sense. Oh, when she walks through the wax, the snow museum. Yeah. It's a great storytelling device to remind us of things that were right without doing it's, it's like a a flashback that can only be done in this way. And so in the same way, Olaf's narratives were cute in a way that weren't distracting as it would have been from a live action music musical or, or um, live action movies that have employed cute little tricks. It always sort of takes me out. Whereas Fro- in frozen, I was firmly rooted in that style of storytelling. Yeah. They reference frozen one a lot too. Cause not only do we get a literal walkthrough when we see Elsa's frozen statues, but we also get, Olaf's monologue uh, one-man show thing and charades. Yeah. And you have to appreciate that she cringed when Snow Elsa sang Let It Go, right? <laughs> yes, or when Olaf did the walk. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember when he did the walk in charades? Yes. And it was so perfectly the walk, which I always cringe at when I see Frozen 1, which I've also seen a hundred times because it's very seductive yeah the what what sneak called the the far too sexy walk in the <laughs> castle yeah right when she like when she lets it go mm-hmm. lets it go i'll give a movie like frozen 2 unabashedly in this sort of traditional disney animation where it was so cute and and so well done that they can do a lot of things that i would hate in other movies like olaf's little dance with the fairy or with the uh you know in the in the woods and, and all the, the happy circumstances of him kind of dodging peril by mere inches where the boulder is crashing down right behind him and stuff. And he's just sort of dancing through the woods. It's so cute and charming and effective in this kind of movie that it just becomes a completely different thing for me. I mean, obviously, I grew up on these types of movies, certainly Disney, as I, I guess, refined to a, a different kind of movie. I kind of let this go, for lack of a better term, in a way. Um Disney movies weren't serious or whatever, but when I actually sit down and watch 
movies that are told really skillfully and cleverly and tongue-in-cheek and self-referential and aware in a way that Frozen 2 has to be to the original, the much-beloved original. Um, I really admire how they can do it. I, I actually think they got, I don't know about the script, it was fine, but I think they got the style of storytelling and uh, and not trying to pretend like it's something it, it was something it wasn't, but rather it was exactly that. This movie presented itself as a sequel to Frozen, and I think it did so admirably. Yeah, it's admirable too in the sense that it was a sequel that told its own story. As much as I love the Hangover franchise, but mostly just Hangover 1, I think it's fair to say that Hangover 2 and Hangover 3 are essentially the same story. Yeah, first time ever, I think, anybody has ever compared the fro- Frozen to the Hangover. <laughs> Good job. You hear it, you heard it here first. But it tells its own story and it takes us deeper into this world and I feel like it really has more possibilities because of it. Like more storytelling possibilities in case they ever want to do Frozen 3. Which Man. why wouldn't they? Well, because by by the time Frozen Three ticks around, Paloma will have her own kids who will want all who want a you know another recap. I think Olaf's next uh, short film should be a recap of Frozen One and Two, for the kids in in twenty thirty four or whatever who get to see Frozen Three. Okay, it's not going to take that long, and Paloma's only almost four. Yep. And so this came out the perfect time for her because she'd already loved and consumed frozen one but she wasn't even a thought when frozen was released no she wasn't and um no not even close and then so brian took paloma to see frozen two in the theaters i think it was her first full movie in theater experience and um afterwards she was like so are we going to see frozen three next weekend (laughs) On-demand kids, the on-demand generation. <laughs> and then she probably made up her own Frozen 3 storyline, but... We'll, we'll review that next week. Right. So Frozen 2, Elsa feels like she's already had her adventure, but is being called to another. Anna, little bit one note, we're doing this together. I need you, you need me. She's definitely the social type which is displayed really early on in the play acting between the two little girls at the very, very top of the movie. Yeah, which actually took place as the same day as the stuff that happened in Frozen, the flashback. That's right. They're in the same clothes. That's right. And Anna references that after the story, she wants to go build a snowman. Yep. Meaning Olaf. So that was Olaf's birthday. And then Kristoff has his his whole storyline about wanting to propose Mm -hmm. and has perhaps one of the best in-movie music videos ever (laughs) which i i think does is it because we come from an age when that was the standard oh yeah it was made completely in a hundred percent for us right and so i wonder do you feel that that was effective translating to kids or was that the cheesiest thing ever i think that today's audience probably just thinks it's cool yeah because of the retro effect well okay so there's three levels right for us it's nostalgia Mm mm-hmm and for millennials, it's like so ultra hip and cool because everything 80s is ultra hip and cool. And then there's the the new generation and they really just don't know any better. And she thinks it's funny that Kristoff is hugging air and riding on Sven with no hands. 
and that there are multiple spends singing back up. And that's the hallmark, I think, of a good movie, right? Where there's enough for the parents as well as the kids without having to resort to sexual innuendo or anything like that, where it's too focused on adults, as I would argue that Shrek certainly is. So when it's told well and entertaining without having to be a subversive sexy joke, then it's just, it's uh, charming. This speaks to me as a sort of Linda Ronstadt sort of aesthetic uh, with a soft filter and lots of sparkles. (laughs) So a good job in telling its own story without being overly redundant. I think those sort of succinct Olaf recaps of the first movie giving us everything we needed to know was fine. In that way, I I don't think we rehashed too much of Frozen that it was distracting or self-serving. But I'm trying to figure out what of the plot was necessary. So I think all everything that they believed in or whatever, the sort of focus of the Arendelle being the focus of their universe, they were willing to give up in the, for the sake of what's right, right? For the people that were uh, sort of cast out. Yeah, the North Aldra people. Yeah. And so uh, I think the storyline was fine. I think the device, the story was a device to get us back into the world with these characters to appreciate how they would act differently as sisters and things and how they were their own people, um, further their storylines and get them singing songs that hopefully didn't sound too much like Let It Go, but we're still marketable. It's always difficult for me, for the movies that I love and treasure, to embrace the idea of a wholly different scenario. One of the worst ones were the kind of movies where they come in, like Beverly Hills Cop, and you want to get back to, he gets back to, Axel Foley gets back to Beverly Hills, and they're like, oh, it's a totally different ball game out here. It's all political, you know? It's like, no, I want the same movie, whatever, but you have to kind of go with this formula. I didn't feel that way with Frozen 2. I'm guessing still, because I strove for it, that Frozen 2, Beverly Hills Cop, never compared like that. <laughs> but fine. Um, I, I didn't have any expectation for Frozen 2. I liked Frozen just fine, but I liked that Frozen 2 was cute so that the things that I didn't remember about Frozen were recapped for me, and it was cute and clever across the board. There is some need, I think, or some desire still for the sort of storytelling uh, and character that Olaf is is where he's just so one note funny and cute and clever in in his delivery and the way he's animated that I think uh things like Pixar kind of lack. I think he really speaks to a kid audience when he says, "When I'm older, I'll know." <laughs> right? And kids can be like, "Yeah, yeah, 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 yeah." And then parents can understand and appreciate the irony of it and just like his cute innocentness. And he's he's silly and adorable without being Frankie, mom and dad's cat. We should let her out. All right. We have a studio cat. We have a studio pet. Thank you. Okay. Um, yeah, Olaf is, a, is adorable. He runs into the cloud and thinks it's the funniest thing ever. He um, is really good at charades. He uh, has silly songs and has deep thoughts. And he's really kid-like in that way. I mean, Paloma has some pretty deep thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and they always come off as really innocent and adorable. Kristoff, um, cute, little one note. Although I just love how dedicated he is to Anna. And he can be a hero without stealing the show. Like, I really love the moment when he picks her up f- just before she gets crushed under the earth giant. Or stone giant uh-huh. and like it's like i'm here for you what do you need sometimes it's all you need from a dude yeah and she's, <laughs> and she's like just get me to the bridge 
Exactly. Whatever. Yeah, he was the do. Yeah, he was basically the uh, the chauffeur. He was like the guy that pulls up just when the hero needs a ride, or an extra hand before she falls to her death. Yeah, without having to be the hero. Okay, so I was curious that you wanted to review this movie because you hate musicals. I don't hate. I hate bad musicals. I think musical numbers in the middle of a movie can't save a movie if it's already a bad movie. But like a baby can't save a marriage if a marriage is going to hell. Um, musical numbers can't save a movie. It's just a distraction from the fact that it's a bad movie. Okay, so what musical do you like? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mary Poppins. That's very specifically a movie geared around musical numbers because it's all all whimsy and fantasy to begin with. I was surprised that I li- really liked Hello Dolly just for the sheer scope. I like Grease. But people give musicals a sort of credence right out of the gate. I can never do that. I can I, there's a much longer list of musicals that I can bring uh, to mind that suck. You like you, you liked Cats. You liked La La Land. You liked La La Land. <laughs> you have to be careful with musicals. A lot of really sensitive people, like that's their jam. Just, you know, like the hate mail that we got and the death threats for saying that we hated La La Land was really scary. Like we can't talk about it because it's an open investigation. But you have, you have to be careful. People love the crap out of musicals. Oh, yeah. they, they will defend bad ones to their dying day. Oh, yeah. It's sort of like reviewing... Uh, a Harriet in sort of a negative light, you got to really be careful about what you say. Because we have movie fans, and then you have movie fans with an agenda who really have, no matter what, if it's this type of movie, they'll love it, uh, you know, beyond all reasoning. Even if it's bad. Yeah, and unfortunately, too much of the time, when, when the action stops down and you lapse into song, it pulls me out every time. If you go into a musical knowing that's going to be the case, all right. But if it already strains credibility in the first place, I can't say why. Maybe it was a formative thing. Hello, Dolly, I didn't see until I was well into adulthood. And uh, But Grease, you know, I grew up with that. And I, we grew up with lots of Disney musicals. Yeah, Grease is great. And it's funny because John Travolta can't really sing. Yeah, it's fine, though. He but sells he can it. dance. As kids, we can't tell who can sing or who can't. Everybody in Frozen can sing. You know, yeah. You know who can't sing, though? Who's that? All of the little girls who try and sing. Well, that's why I try to avoid having little girls who will <laughs> insist on singing these songs until the end of time. Right. Um, I was told by someone who is very musically inclined that the note that Adina Menzel hits in... Star of Uncut Gems, Adina Menzel? 
<laughs> What's the new song called in Frozen 2? Into um, the Unknown. Into, yeah. That the note she hits in Into the Unknown is actually the same high note that she hits in Let It Go. You know, you're trying, you're manufacturing these things to hit, literally hit the same note, right? To strike a chord with with the, with viewers and, and the fans. Right. I'm not surprised. Disney is really good at what they do. Extremely calculating. They have whole teams of people trying to figure out how best to not tarnish the legacy of Frozen with a Frozen 2. Yeah, I mean, I get it. So Frozen, the Frozen franchise is a juggernaut. We love you, Disney. Please acquire us. And... <laughs> But you get the sense from Pixar, right, that there is some sense of authorship. Creativity tells us all about the brain trust and breaking story and real people doing real things to make stories work. How much of a machine do you think made Frozen? Or do you think that the co-directors are really trying to make something from their own passion? That was a lot of buzzwords in one question. I think that Disney magic is ultimately Disney science. People are crunching the numbers every day. They know what will work. They know what won't. They'll take polls. They'll hold screenings. They'll assess all the strengths and weaknesses in the in the you know social media, uh, the the strengths and weaknesses of of what the fans see. Not in the only original Frozen. Yeah, not only in sense of storytelling and cinema, but consumer product and costume. And absolutely, absolutely. Theme park uh, composing songs so meticulously that they sound akin to let it go but aren't let it go are different enough so that they will can become hits in their own right and yet they can still hit that note that resonates with you i think it is all very calculated in ways that we cannot possibly understand they are the masters of entertainment magic or what is magic masquerading you know masquerading as magic what is actually hardcore data crunching but are we being manipulated? No. If Paloma loves Frozen 2, she's being positioned for that kind of love, but she's not take, being taken advantage of. I think it's a quality product. I think that by and large, Disney products are quality products. There's just such an influx of them. And, and some of them are certainly stronger than others. But Disney throws enough at the wall so that the stuff that they do win is kind of magnificent. When Pixar was really hitting its stride, Disney was releasing things like The Princess and the Frog and sort of reverting as a way of differentiating themselves uh, to traditional animation. Nowadays, it's different because even in a hand-drawn style, these movies are all computer animated. Right. Um, there, it, it has kind of become homogenized in the sense that um, not all the Pixar uh, employees were Pixar employees from the start. People migrate around. They get better offers. Some of them go to work for DreamWorks or Disney Animation. So Nowadays, I know people who have a really hard time differentiating between what is Disney, which one is Disney, <laughs> Disney, which one is Disney, and which one is Pixar. Well, under, well, for some time too, they were also under the same leadership. Disney has all the machinery in place, so when they find the new thing, they throw all the resources behind it possible, right? And people like Sony and and DreamWorks were playing catch up. So, despite Frozen Two being big business, it is a fun watchable film that doesn't feel like it's manipulative i think that is a testament that disney would love to hear i think they would have achieved all their goals in that one statement you mean because i'm gleefully buying paloma elsa dresses and elsa shoes 
whatever makes it look. I know that consumerism strikes us, strikes a weird note, but that kid loves it and it makes her happy. It makes her really, really happy. Yeah. All she wants for her birthday are blue, sparkly, high heeled Elsa shoes and a frozen two microphone. Okay. So has anybody bought those things yet? Because I should get on that. <laughs> I ordered the shoes a long time ago. Yeah, and we'll I, see We'll see if Amazon can fulfill the microphone order. Okay. I got. I have no problems with making movies by committee. Um, and, and in this case, the committee being teams of analysts and marketing people who know exactly how to position Frozen 2, despite being not nominated for an Academy Award, which is strange to me. I think that's just so people just assume so much that they'll be that it will be nominated or that it will win that they don't even think to do it i don't know that that's fair i mean look like i said even though it has the machinery behind it it's still a good product um maybe it was the massive fandom of i lost my body that just sort of trumped it came out of left field and and threatened the race or maybe the the enduring timelessness of missing link you know that just didn't give Frozen 2 a chance, so they didn't promote it because they knew that it wouldn't have a shot. I think all the time people just assume that other people are going to do it, so they don't do it. And that's and then oftentimes people split votes and then random things win. Well, I'm just saying, hedge your bets. Between Toy Story 4 and Frozen 2, I think you had a pretty good shot. Jonas Rivera, what, what? Um, okay, so not a movie, not necessarily made for you. Not made for me. You're a middle-aged man without kids. Middle-aged? Like, is that official? You're putting it on record now? Yeah. How does it make you feel? Okay, it's fine. How did you like it? I liked Frozen 2. I'm not going to get caught up in the songs, but I really admired it for what it was. Um, It was cute and, and above all clever is really what I'm looking for. If it makes me laugh because of how sort of cool it is and how... How cl- I'm trying to think, struggling to think of a better word, but the way that Olaf was handled and all his situations and his sort of one-liners and just the way he moved was clever to me in a way that I think he really carried it. And I think just that p- precise level of storytelling that could only be done in animation, which uses it to its fullest potential, I think is really cool. It's very well done. I think that's inarguable, unarguable. I think that it was appropriately deep perhaps for its maturing audience. Although it might've been questionable in Olaf's recap where he says, our parents are dead. (laughs) It was fine. That wasn't for Paloma. That was for you. (laughs) I'm going to, I'm going to go with all right. Um, uh, Frozen two was, was good. It wasn't how to train your dragon because nothing will ever be. I don't think. Um, But you know, I mean, it's frozen two. So, I'm pretty sure that just by proxy, by the fact that I have a niece, I'll see most, if not all, of this movie again at some point. I'm but, sure you will. But does does Frozen 2 break all the bounds that demands this be seen, whether or not you've seen the original Frozen, and am I, sh- am I shouting it from the rooftops? No. It was fine. It was, it was good. It was good. It was a good movie. I don't think that you necessarily need to see the movie or see it more than once because you're going to see it everywhere else. Right. We gave you everything you need to know. Just go to your niece and be like, so are you going into the unknown? Huh? Huh? And their eyes will light up and you'll be a hero. <laughs> like I've, I've or, only seen Moana once, but I can name all the song titles and that's all it needs to get Paloma oh going. Oh my God. I, 
I've, that's definitely the movie I've seen most. But all I think uh, the key to any um, toddler girl's heart is to say, do you want an Anna braid or an Elsa braid? Hmm. Elsa braid's the fat one? The big, like, bubbly one? Oh, the braid? Yeah. Uh-huh. And, and then th- Anna has two braids. Oh. Okay. Okay. So that's your, that's my, my parenting tip. Are you going with good? I'm going with good. Good. All right and good. Now we can let it go. No. From Wes and Iris. Now we're going to go back into the unknown world of the coronavirus. Stay safe, y'all. You see what I just did there? Yeah. Thank you for listening to this, our second episode. Thank from you f- Coronavirus Studios. From Coronavirus Studios. We can't thank you enough for being a listener, for being a Patreon patron, or for being a movie friend. We would love to hear from you. Give us a call, 818-835-0473, or send us an email or whatever movies at gmail.com. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time. Miles, are you ready to record our promo for season two of the Wanna Bet podcast? David, have you ever seen a grown man naked? Miles, we're not here to quote lines from Airplane. We're here to tell people that season two starts August 18th. But I like Airplane. I know you do, but Wanna Bet is a sports betting podcast. Each week we bet $1,000 on the NFL teams and games that we love. Well, that sounds like fun. It is fun. And last year you picked over 60% of your games correctly. How'd you do? We're not talking about that. We are telling people that they can find us every Friday. So no more movie quotes. Roger, Roger. Electric Welcome to Sarah Talk Solutions. Ladies and gentlemen, you've tuned into a bit of a different type of show. I'm Sarah B and I'm your host. You can find me on my IG, which is Aussie underscore Sarah underscore LA. I talk about amazing, relevant conversations and topics and what functions that goes on in this magical, wonderful, wonderful city of the City of Angels. My IG, which is Aussie underscore Sarah underscore LA. Electric acid.